Hello, I'm Becky Hadid, host of The Storied Recipe. As my weekly guests share their stories through the vessel of cherished food memories, we all become better cooks, more grateful for the gift of food, and we honor those that have loved us through their cooking. Why, hello there, and Happy New Year. Happy 2023. Um, I am here with an update to just let you know a little bit about why it's been so quiet around here and what the plans are for the rest of the year. And also to share an interview with you um, that a friend of mine um, did for her podcast a couple of months ago. So first of all, I'm going to come right out of the gate and tell you, I guess, kind of the big news, which is that in 2023, I plan to release episodes monthly. And this is um, a big cutback. And it's it's a sad thing for me to say right now here while I'm recording. Um, it's, it's, it's a big cutback from what I have done in the past. So right on the heels of saying that, I want to follow it up with three really important things that I want you to know. The first thing that I want you to know is that I definitely hope and plan for this cutback to be a temporary thing. I love interviewing guests, sharing their stories, learning about cooking from them, learning about culture from them, learning about what it means to experience life as a human from them. And I very much want to get back to a weekly schedule um, in 2024 or a little earlier or a little later. The second thing I want you to know is that I am, in fact, working more hours than ever on the storied recipe, and um, I am doing things right now to create a more sustainable future um, for this podcast and this community. I I started to, well, I thought I was going to share with you a lot of details about why I made this decision. But as I started to write them down, I honestly thought it was just going to bore a lot of you. um, And you wouldn't, not that you wouldn't care, but it just would be a lot more detail than you wanted. And so what I've done instead is gone ahead and um, put all of those details in a blog post that's right there in the show notes. So if you want to know more about why I've made this change, then you can just read the blog post right there called um, Changes to the Storied Recipe in 2023. And then the third thing that I want you to know is that I have revamped my newsletter this year to make it much, much more community oriented. So um, there's features in every single weekly newsletter. I send them out on Friday morning. Um, There are features that allow you to give me feedback, like really specifically, there's a question of the week, for instance. And then there's a lot more ways for me to share the stories and recipes and just life experiences um, that that the community, the storied recipe community um, has to share. So it's a very interactive newsletter this year. I'm really looking forward to streamlining and growing that. And um, if you'd like to be a part of that, I would love for you to join us again, the link to subscribe to the Storied Recipe newsletter is right there um, in the show notes. So 
that's the big announcement. <laughs> I feel better getting it off my chest. Um, again, if you want to read neat, um, details, just click the blog post um, changes to the storied recipe in 2023. And what I thought I would do with the rest of this episode is share an interview that I gave to my friend Christine's podcast. She has a podcast called Recipe of the Day, and she invited me to be a guest on this podcast. So the way her show works, it's actually a daily show. And once a week, she does a longer, it's a, it's a daily show where she talks about a recipe a day. And then once a week, she does a longer interview with uh, what she considers to be a fascinating guest. So I don't know if I fit that bill, but... Um, Here's why I wanted to share that interview with you. First of all, um, Christine uh, has has been a guest on my show, and our conversation together was a big influence on the, the choices that I'm making right now, the decision that I made for 2023. The second reason that I wanted to share this interview with you is that um, she asked me a lot about podcasting, and we got <laughs> a little passionate at one point about how strongly we both believe in the podcasting platform, podcasting as a vehicle to share information and have discussions. And so I really wanted to share that with you, um, again, just to emphasize the temporary nature um, of this change that I'm making and how ardently I am hoping that this opens up a way for me to do this sustainably for a really, really long time into the future. I want you to hopefully hear the passion that I have for podcasting when you listen to this interview that I gave Christine. Um, I'm very, very honored to have been on her show. This was several months ago that she that she released it. And uh, if you'd like to follow her podcast, then I've left the link to that in the show notes as well. With all that said, I think I'm going to wrap it up and I'll check in at the end. Hey, Becky, how are you? I am great. I'm really excited for this chance to talk with you again. Oh, I'm so excited too. I have to tell you that being on your podcast was one of the best experiences of my life that I loved our conversation. But then listening to the episode, I think I cried like three times. You really got into my head and my life and my history and my family too. Like my parents loved it. My brother loved it. Like, and I've heard from, from my readers and people who like don't know me personally that they feel closer to me because of that, that episode that was like a little over a year ago. And so it is like just delightful that I get to talk with you again and that we're sort of turning the tables and I'm asking <laughs> you questions. Um, but I, of course, the kinds of interviews that I do are very different from the kinds that you do. Uh, I'm not, we're not going to get deeply into your history, but I want to get a little bit into your podcast because, you know, this show is for busy people who love to cook. Mm. And I think that podcasts are like perfectly designed for busy people. Mm -hmm. And your show in particular makes me, and may, I, mm. you know what, we'll start, you could tell me if you think I am correct about this. It It feels like one of those old time magazine <laughs> profile pieces like the bit you know it would be on the cover of a magazine mm. about a in-depth in about a person like you could imagine it like in like food and wine magazine or something like mm. that and I don't read magazines anymore but mm. this is the way that I can get to know those things is that how you feel about it or is that far off no, I think you've hit the nail on the head 100%. So first of all, thank you so much for your kind words. And what you said about your family um, feeling connected to what you shared and the podcast itself connecting you to your family, that is 
that's like a big mission accomplished. <laughs> and so when it, it, I think connection is a core value of um, my podcast and my mission. And when we talk about podcasting and the value that it brings to busy people, busy people can sometimes lack connection, right? Like mm-hmm. as you run, I mean, I understand I have four children, <laughs> I have four sons. And as you, they're at three different schools, uh, you know, we've got soccer, we've got cross country, we've got work and jobs, we've got youth groups. So as you're running, you can feel like you are doing and doing and doing, but you're not connecting deeply to people or to topics. And I think that food is one of the most powerful connectors that we have in the whole world. And my podcast leverages something that is naturally a connecting influence. And it leverages that to make all of us as listeners feel connected to the guest and to their story. And then, like you said, the guest to their own family. Like I've gotten that feedback so often that people's families cried mm-hmm. when they listened to their episode. And that's so meaningful to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it was, it was beautiful and amazing and mm-hmm. not expected. I mean, I knew we were going to talk. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that I would listen to this, you know, a month later and have that or that, that my family mm-hmm. would. It was just. And and yes, it does not surprise me that you hear that from so many guests because you're so good at this. So oh. I like as a behind the scenes, I think that mm. people who listen to podcasts and if they listen to your podcast, they, mm. they should be. It's the storied recipe. Listen, Thank and you. you're going to cry too. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I want to know what is going into this and how you're doing this. So let's mm. start maybe with how do you find your guests? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, this this is interesting. You're an anomaly, actually. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I've given a lot of thought, actually, to your episode recently, because generally there's three ways that I find my guests. One is this is changing a little bit because I'm severely curtailing my activity on Instagram because their algorithm is just made it such that it's not it's not a good use of my time. Mm-hmm. But when I started on there because I'm actually so I was a wedding photographer for 9 years before I switched to food and this whole thing actually came out of food photography which is an entirely different story that I don't think we'll get to here. But I started on Instagram and at the time, community, the food photography community was so vibrant Mm -hmm. on Instagram. And as I met people and admired their food, I just wanted to know more um, about their lives. So the first way I find people is really just through my own curiosity. And a lot of it still happens on Instagram. I'll see someone share a dish or a particular little vignette from their life. And I just, I want to know more about them. So I reach out to them and audience size is not a factor for me um, when I decide whether or not to reach out. So the second way, and I'm getting more and more people this way, is that I have links in my newsletter and on my website and in my show notes for people to reach out to me if they have a story that they want to share. And those are often the most impactful episodes because people really come with a passion and they really know they they are deeply invested in what they want to convey to my audience and they understand what my podcast is about. And because they are so enthusiastic to share their story, even if they have no audience at all, you know, even people with no audience have friends and family. And so what I found, I found this as a wedding photographer, you would work with the biggest planner or we were on the preferred vendor list at the National Cathedral. It was a huge honor. But you know what? We would get our best clients were just those people. I actually, it was one couple in particular (laughs) who got us our best work. And they, she was just one of these connectors. She was a networker. She was in a, um, she was in a, uh, a sorority and like, 
we did that whole sorority's wedding, <laughs> weddings, you know, all of the girls in there. And so I find when someone reaches out to me, not only do they really understand what the podcast is about and come prepared to be vulnerable and to share powerful things, they also, they share far and wide. And then the third thing, and this is how I met you, is sometimes um, authors or publicists will reach out to me. And I have actually gotten to the point where I accept very, very few of those because when you and I talked, as the conversation went on, you were very open to the process and you you did become very open and very vulnerable and very nostalgic. Like these things just came out and it was a beautiful conversation and I enjoyed it so, so much. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times what I find is that people who are essentially selling a book or pushing a service or a product, they have talking points and they don't Mm -hmm. really want to deviate from those. They don't really understand what this is about. I'm just a stop along the way for them. Mm -hmm. And that is not a service to my listeners. And first and foremost, I want to serve my listeners. I want to give them something that, like you said, they can get lost in. They feel like they're in a different time, a different place. They feel connected to the generations before them, to cultures around the world. I want to give that to my listeners. And if I don't get from a pitch from a publicist that I'm going to be able to do that, I I just say no at this point. Well, now I feel so honored and I'm happy, I'm happy that I got in before you had this realization because... Uh... <laughs> but, well, and that is the thing, though, is I think, you know, there are these little hidden gems. So I try to be... I try not to brush with too broad of a stroke. You know, I try to I try to do a little research and see. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I actually didn't realize that you were a wedding photographer before. And that yeah. makes, it makes so much sense. Your, your photography. I mean, oh. you photographed one of my dishes and, it, and I'm like, this is the most beautiful picture I've ever seen of my food. Oh, you're so kind. And, but you, you get, you get people into the pictures, the hands mm-hmm. and the, and the background of people that I don't think the sort of standard food blog pictures yeah. or when people are searching for recipes necessarily, it's a, it's a different kind of photography, but it's very warm and stunning. And it's all about storytelling and nostalgia. Those are the two words. Everything, if if there's a feel to my podcast, anything, my website, my work in general, I want it to be storytelling and nostalgic. Well, you're doing it so beautifully, though. That is amazing. So, okay. So So you find the guests and they often Mm -hmm. are there sometimes everyday, everyday people. They're not industry. Mm -hmm. That seems to be Mm -hmm. what you're saying. And then Mm -hmm. how do you get like okay I, I'm gonna just say I know what happened with me as you asked mm. for a description of a recipe mm. and so I you know I, we went through my publicist so I wrote I mm-hmm. sent my publicist a description of a recipe yeah. <laughs> then, so I, I'm assuming that is what you often do is a springboard from the recipe but that how do you get it from there to like finding these questions and, and getting out people's vulnerability and, and bringing these stories mm. out of them um I think that you kind of know you're doing the right thing when you're systemizing, systematizing like just what you've always done. So I think that I remember when I was 17, I lived overseas for a year. And at the end of the year, they kind of did this banquet to kind of thank those of us who had come and just say what they appreciated about them. And someone said something then that I've carried with me since then, and it's been affirmed over and over. But she said, you know, Becky is a friend. Everybody goes to Becky 
to be a friend. And um, I've noticed that, like, my husband will laugh at me, but, you know, anytime I went to the playground with my kids, I ended up having this conversation with people and they would say to me, I don't know why I'm telling you this. I've never told anybody this before. And I think at the heart of it, I am just a really, really curious person. I I hope not in a nosy way. I think you can be curious in a very nosy or intrusive way, but I am just a genuinely curious person. I'm curious about people's lives and why they think and feel and make the choices that they make. And I just ask questions. So it's certainly not a formula. I I do, I do, you know, I am a little type A, (laughs) you know, I was voted most likely to succeed in my high school class, you know? So there's a level of research that goes into this. Like I do try to do a little research beforehand. So I know what I'm getting into. And really though, my research is more to build my curiosity than to say, oh, these are the things that I want to hit. So I try to make myself as curious as possible when I go into a conversation and then I just stay curious in it. So it's, it's, it's really, if I could sum it up in a word, it would just be the word curious. I love that. And I think the difference between the reason that it's not intrusive, and this is probably true on the playground with Mm -hmm. the other parents that you're meeting and and your guests, is that it doesn't feel manipulative. You're not trying to get some information for some purpose. It's just a natural curiosity. Yeah, well, and that that actually is important to me. And, you know, we were talking before we went live about editing and different podcasters have different editing processes. And I try not to over edit, but I always tell my guests in advance that it is absolutely an option because I want them to be I feel like the safer someone feels, the more vulnerable they can be. And so people have shared very vulnerable things and then asked me to remove it. And again, that actually goes back to my wedding photography days where there was nothing like the shot of, you know, I, I'm going to pull out an extreme example, but it happened, you know, a, a a sister who was dying of cancer giving a speech and you can get a shot of the mom crying. And there's a tasteful way to do that. And then there's just a way that's voyeuristic and it's actually really taking advantage of someone someone's emotions. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people's stories, there's a lot of pain in people's stories. There's joy, but I want my guests to feel um, that I will never try to manipulate or I'll never try to get like ratings or listens off of their pain. Um, I will honor it. And if that includes sharing it, then I, I want to do that. I think that's important for all of us to bear witness to the pain in people's mm-hmm. lives. But um, I will never try to take advantage of that. Yeah, I think I think that really comes through. And I, what you're talking about, mm-hmm. the, that safety feeling, I know as I don't delve into people's lives the way that you do, mm-hmm. but I do feel like, you know, before the show we're talking and I said, if you get halfway through an answer and realize you don't want to say that. Mm. We can start over. Right. And I think very rarely do people ever want to do that. But knowing that they can, they they feel that safety net, that security. They're not going to, they don't have to be monitoring and and worrying about how or what they say because they know that you've got them. Yeah. Yeah. They feel like you're on their side. Yes. You've got them. Exactly. You said it. Yeah. And I think that probably, I think it, 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 the person being interviewed feels that safety. But I think that Mm. comes through in when you're listening too, because you, Mm. you can tell people go so far and they're, they're never going to a place where it feels like they're being exploited. Good. I hope (laughs) that's good. Yeah. I think that's true. So, so the beautiful podcast, can you tell us maybe one or two of your favorite Mm. conversations? (laughs) I know that's hard or, or, (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, it's always it's always the most recent one I've listened to, right? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think my younger brother said it well once. So my younger brother does not cook. <laughs> he actually lives two houses down from me and oh. he jokes. He's like, it's like living next to grandma's house because he and his kids come up here and we always have something baking here. So <laughs> he loves to eat, doesn't love to cook, but he does listen to my podcast. And I remember he said to me really early on, he said, the more someone's life is different from my own, the more I like the episode. And so I think for me, it's these episodes that someone comes. So, so for instance, I'm, I'm American and I, you know, I, I wear a USA t-shirt and I'm, I'm not, I am not ashamed of my country. I'm proud of my country. I feel really blessed to live here, but, um, I follow someone who was really a super sweet person. And yet she really, she's, she's very anti-West, very anti-West. And I really wanted to know more about this. So I asked her to come on the podcast and I asked her all about that. And I heard about her experience and how it's been a really difficult and I would say unjust experience here in the West. She's, um, Pakistani. And we also talked about a, a Muslim holiday that she observes where the recipe actually begins with literally sacrificing a lamb, which I have certainly ne <laughs> never done or seen here in the US. Yeah. And so to me, an episode like that, where I could really hear from someone, why do you see things so differently than me? That's, that's a great, that's a great episode. Mm -hmm. um, that's when we're actually learning. You know, so, so yeah. So the other episode that I always bring up and I'm doing another similar thing this year in December for the holidays is um, I have a crowdsourced episode for Thanksgiving where everyone shares this little vignette. It was like, I think there was a 90 second limit on it about Thanksgiving and what they remember. And so to me, I think that's a very precious episode because this, the storied recipe is really about bringing together a community and uh, the way that the community did come together for that episode. Episode. And again, it highlights regular people and so many different experiences of Thanksgiving. I just, to me, I think that's a very personally important recipe um, episode. <laughs> uh, it, it sounds beautiful. I'm going to, I'm going to go back and listen to the Thanksgiving Aww. one and, and do the December one. Those, those sounds to me. I, I know what you mean about when somebody's life is very different from yours. I'm going to ask, because I, I just, I wonder if you have any insight mm. on this. When I talk to somebody whose life is very different than mine, I get nervous that I'm going to say or ask something inappropriate or go in the wrong mm. direction. Do you have any just advice for me or thoughts about like where that's coming from mm. or what to do <laughs> mm. yeah <laughs> well does it happen in real life or in the context of the episode I think it happens in both. Yeah, I think it happens mm. in both. Yeah, I think they're very different things because when I'm approaching an episode, someone knows, again, like there's that little preparation. They know that they're coming on to have to have someone ask them these questions, you know? And I probably, I would say, I say this in my little bio, that I am a very opinionated person. Anyone who knows me in real life knows I have strong opinions, but I approach the podcast as it's my time to listen and listen only. And so I would say the more more that we're set on listening and the less on trying to not even convince anyone else, but sometimes even like the idea of trying to square someone else's experience with our experience. Like we're always kind of trying to integrate the two. Mm -hmm. And I think that when I do the episode or when I talk to someone in real life, I suppose too, who maybe we're coming at things very differently. 
I try not to even try to square it with my own experience. I do that later. I can process later. I'm just listening. Oh, I love that. That's really, really smart. (laughs) Very insightful. Um, I didn't quite know where I was going when I started that answer. I didn't know where I was going. That's a good question. I didn't know where I was going when I asked the question. I just, I I just imagine like it's that safety net that we were saying you, you give to your person that you're speaking with you do you like it's almost like do you have one too or like as the person asking the questions you don't have to answer that but like what that is that like how do we know that we're in asking the questions and in going there that we're also safe you know yeah and we don't we don't mm-hmm. always that's mm-hmm. true yeah yeah so i have one more thing i want to talk about and mm-hmm. i know the i know you're opinionated about this oh. <laughs> <laughs> and and i i am too so we're both podcasters it's mm-hmm. us the people who listen they're probably listening they probably love podcasts and then there's a whole bunch of people who don't listen who don't know what's going on and why we have our headphones on everywhere we go i feel like podcasts are incredibly important right now, uh, especially everything else is so fast. You sort of touched on it with the busyness at the beginning, but I know you're also struggling with Instagram. And so that juxtaposition, those like Instagram versus podcasting, why is podcasting so important now in this social media world? Oh, yes, I do feel very strongly about this. And I'm, I'm curious to see if you agree. But I think that we social media has exacerbated what is just a soundbite society. Um, It's a very divided society, at least here in the U.S., and we just lack nuance in every way. And uh, I think actually that exact lack of nuance is what's creating the fear that you're talking about to mm. even ask a question or to answer a question or to have to, to come to something with different experiences. And I think that podcasts are long form. You know, you totally nailed it when you compared them to like a long form essay in a magazine. They're not quite book length. But they are, they're a deep dive into a topic. And for something that's episodic, like yours or mine, it is almost like a chapter book where any one of them might be something, you know, <laughs> like Dickens, right? Didn't he do serial? Mm-hmm. His novels were right. really just serial, uh, you know, chapters released in newspapers. And so I think for podcasts like ours, you're building an entire book's worth, a library's worth of information, one episode at a time that is a deep dive into one recipe or one story or one aspect of cooking. And we can do it all while we are using our hands, while we're multitasking. And we're not, I, I back to the Instagram, one thing I've noticed is that there's something about the actual physical posture of being on your phone. You know, your shoulders rise up, your hands come a little close, your neck goes down. And there's something about that. It's a clenched posture. And I find that I'll feel tense and I won't even know why. And it's literally physical. If mm-hmm. I just put my phone down, it's not even the screen. It's the physical act of holding something so small. And so when you listen to something and you're relaxed gardening or driving or cooking or whatever, and you have this, um, it's such a special mindset, I think, when you have this um, physical calm, but like you're mentally stimulated. I think that's like the ideal learning mm-hmm. you know, environment. One of my kids has special needs and you see that for him. And um, so that's what podcasts give you. They give you connection, deep learning, episodic learning. So you're building on what you already know. They give you a physical relaxation. And then 
back to the connection, I, I think I shared this in my email yesterday. Um, one of my listeners reached out and said that her six-year-old requested listening <laughs> to the Storied Recipe podcast, which really touched me because you can listen to them personally with your headphones on, but you can also, you know, on a road trip, turn mm-hmm. it on and it's this topic of conversation. And yeah, they're they're wonderful. I'm a big believer in podcasts. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I am too. And I I, I feel like I, I difference between listening to somebody or some people have a conversation mm. versus watching the news or watching a TV oh, show yeah. or or the snippets on social media. I, I, I learn, I feel I feel positive good energy. And I, I think that yeah. that's part of it. It also it for me, it whereas the social media that it almost gets in the way of being productive whole person. It's this all these yeah. little things that are breaking up my day and breaking up my life. Whereas podcast, a podcast can accompany it. It is, you know, while yes. I'm gardening, while I'm going for a walk, I actually do my ex- I exercise to a YouTube uh, video, but I turn the sound off and I'm listening to a wonderful story while I'm doing that. Like, That's amazing. Yeah. This so is such a good point. Yeah, I really yeah, I think it, it accompanies our life instead of breaking it up. And that that's what I love. I think so. I think also it's still new enough and there's so many different types of podcasts and there's still a market for people like me who are an independent podcaster that what you've seen in almost every other form, we were just watching a documentary the other day about how Spotify has made music totally algorithm driven. People actually create songs that all sound more and more and more alike. And the pictures on Instagram are looking more and more and more alike. And Netflix is pushing out content that is going to please the algorithm. And so everything is becoming more and more and more similar. And podcasts are still very independent mm-hmm. and they haven't been, who knows what will happen, but they haven't been subjected to that. There's still like a higher level of, um, well, there's a lower level of conformity, mm-hmm. I think, between podcasts. So your format can be totally different from my format, can be totally different from someone else's, and you can find one to fit any mood or time time slot that you have or or interest or anything like that. And I think that is very different than any other type of media that's being produced right now. I think I think that's true, and but it actually makes me nervous about what is. Good. I know uh, we we hear. That, I mean, I we don't won't know think if, about that. <laughs> no, but I don't know if listeners realize this. Like podcasting is becoming a huge target for advertisers because of this connection. Yeah. And as soon as advertising, and of course we do need the advertising money because with this is yeah. our jobs and like it's all we, yeah. everybody understands this. But as soon as advertising becomes huge in. A I know. form of media. It 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 changes it, and it's going yeah. to become mass produced, algorithmic, or it could. But we need to keep having shows yes. like yours, <laughs> shows like mine. So I'm going to ask you, Becky, Absolutely. if you could let people know Absolutely. if they want to support independent podcasters and be part yes. of this beautiful medium. Um, mm-hmm. Where can they find you? Okay. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you so much for having me on. And yes, anyone listening, I would love for you to join me and my guests at um, The Storied Recipe anywhere. So www.thestoriedrecipe.com. That's the name of the podcast and all the players, Instagram, um, places like that, The Storied Recipe. Thank you so much, Becky. It was wonderful talking with you again. Thank you, Christine. Have a great day. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the end here. Three reminders for you. Number one, would love for you to subscribe to the Storied Recipe newsletter. It's going to be a great way to keep getting recipes, little anecdotes, stories, um, thoughts, expand your your 
culinary <laughs> and cultural horizons. Um, all of that you're going to get in every Friday morning from the Storied Recipe newsletter. You can subscribe to that from the link in the show notes. Also linked to in the show notes is Christine's um, podcast, The Recipe of the Day, that you just heard me interviewed on. And finally, if you're interested in all the details of what I'm doing with the storied recipe right now and why I made this big change for 2023, you can find a link to that blog post in the show notes as well. As always, I love to hear from you guys. Feel free to write at Becky at the storied and have a great week, my friends. <laughs>